the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shand. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios. Good evening, Dr. Mark. Good evening. And we have a guest today. We do. And, uh, you know, I'm try- I was just trying to count, Ken, if this is... Is it five? Yeah, we may uh, have to put him five. on the payroll if yeah. this keeps up. <laughs> right. So this is Ken Peach. Um, I don't know if our listeners just might recognize yeah. his voice. Yep. But I'll let you do the official sure. intro there, Larry. Ken is the executive director of the Health Council of East Central Florida. But they also have a new program. He's also the program coordinator of the East Central Florida Cancer Control Collaborative. Yeah, we want welcome, to hear Ken. all about that, Ken. Yeah, yeah we sure welcome. do. Good to see you. Thank you. And, you know, before you get going, I just want to remind Dr. Mark and our listeners We've been talking about screenings, getting your annual wellness physical, first of the year, knowing your numbers, getting your screenings. Dr. Mark, this fits right in. Fits right in, absolutely. No, it's definitely a great link. Well, actually, um, this started uh, from the uh, CDC. I was up there last October, Mm -hmm. um, and we were looking at the fact that so much of cancer treatment begins in the cancer hospital or oh, an yeah, oncology yeah. group, like, right? Re- reactive, yeah. And and I brought up the fact, I said, what if, what if we moved cancer upstream? Suppose we began to look at this where it's actually identified in a primary care setting. Where's mm-hmm. the opportunity? Mm-hmm. And we had been using an up or an inverted pyramid. Obviously, it doesn't show well on radio, but an yeah, inverted right, pyramid right. where the largest population in an area is at the top of the um, of the diagram. And if we can identify through health literacy by improving for individuals their awareness of what are the signs and symptoms of a problem that may be a cancer issue, and then from there, at the narrow the population a little bit by focusing on screenings, on yep. cancer screenings, yep. ultimately down to the intervention <clears throat> stage, right. surgery, whatever happens to be done, and then ultimately as well, the survivor support opportunity, which is huge um, for, for the CDC. So with that, I applied for a $16,000 grant that is funded by the local uh, NCI-affiliated uh, cancer center hospitals throughout okay. the state. We received that those funds, and we will be kicking off what's called the Florida Cancer Prevention Network. Um, I'm actually starting to work on it today, mm-hmm. um, and it, over the course of the next year. The goal is to provide uh, the materials I was just mentioning, a screening directory, um, literacy, health literacy information, okay. uh, uh, audio cuts or video conferencing about uh, the various signs of cancer. Um, and what the idea is that we will then draw, uh, provide this at no cost to all the primary care practices in right. the seven That's counties that we kit. serve. Exactly. Yeah, right. um, and this way, those primary care practices can brand themselves as members of the Florida Cancer Prevention Network mm-hmm. right. and provide all of this to their patients at no, no cost. The nice part is that um, HEDIS, the HEDIS indicators in terms of performance for those practices, whether they're Medicare Advantage or yep. whether they're Medicaid, 
there are HEDAs for almost all of the all screens. The screenings. We're talking and about. we Absolutely. deal with all the value-based programs. Right. Yes. But, yes. you know, Ken, to go along with this, you know, we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Mark, cancer is on the rise in the U.S., right. but, but overall cancer deaths are falling, but we are not preventing, we're, we're getting better at treating it, but we're not right. preventing the diagnosis right. of cancer. And we're seeing the diagnosis yeah. at a younger age for yeah. colon cancer specifically, yeah. which is probably a, a large percentage of what you're talking yeah. about, right, yeah. with the screening. Yeah. And yeah. that came down. Yeah. It was they, they brought the screening label down to age uh, 40, 45, something like that. Right. And the, mm-hmm. World well, the World Health Organization yesterday, an alarming new cancer numbers, they indicated that globally cancer cases are projected to increase 77% by the year 2050, Dr. Martin. Well, it's interesting that they go that direction because we did see some tick downs in numbers. We saw different types of cancers kind of go up in different yep. age groups, yep. but the overall was rather positive. So, I don't know. We'll have yeah. to, I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a wait and see. Uh, I you think know, it's kind demographics. Of, yeah. exactly. right? I mean, the sure. population's aging and oh, sure. it's aging into aging well, more yeah. likely. You know, mm-hmm. Ken mentioned something before we went on the air. The baby boomer. You know, yeah. talking about when you travel out of the U.S., in many of these countries, you see massive smoking. You want to talk about that? Oh, my goodness. The last time I was in Europe last year, I mean, it seems like everybody's smoking. You just don't have the control that we do in yeah, terms of yeah. tobacco well, cessation well, efforts. We, I think it was last week or the week before we were talking about how crazy it is to see these younger folks, you know, in their 20s start smoking. Yeah. And knowing full well, let's, let's say late 20s, you figure your prefrontal cortex is developed. You understand what risk is. And you're still going to pick up an, an addictive habit that we know 100% is bad for you. But we still see it. But in Europe, you're right. It's, it's almost like it's a different animal because it, it's all age groups in Europe. And yeah. it's, a, it's, a different, it's a different play. Are they and, just not getting the message out? I mean, we're down to less than 15% of Americans now smoke. See, I, I just figured it's, they just didn't care as much because they don't live in America. And that's, you know, they don't, no, I'm just kidding. That was, oh, that's going to get some calls. But, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> you know. You will get some I calls yeah, on that. <laughs> I do not know. It, I can't say it, it's, it's not education level. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it might be, and I just don't know if it's more stigmatized here in the U.S. than it is otherwise. Yeah which I could hardly believe because we had the tobacco industry here and you know they were really fighting for it so now when things got cut back well that tobacco industry really began to became to depend on the rest of the world a great mm-hmm. deal and there might be more marketing yeah. uh, less legislation I just don't know I'm yeah. sure it's I'm yeah. sure it's country I'm by country well, I want Ken to talk more about this collaborative that they're working on but let me throw a couple of things out it's estimated by the World Health Organization with that 77% increase by 2050 that one in five people in the world will develop cancer in their lifetime but yet 42% of cancers are preventable right. and treatable yeah, and, and a lot of that data, Ken, I mean, a lot of that yep. is skin cancer, which is, yep. mm-hmm. and, yep. and prostate cancer, two yep. cancers that we are well aware of, very yep. common, but are less likely, not impossible, but less likely to result in serious debilitation yep. or death, right? Yep. So so I do, those those numbers are always very scary, Larry. They you know, are. I mean, I think when yep. we talk about specific types of cancer, that's that's where we're going to make leaps and bounds yep. in in meaningful numbers, right, of, of yeah. changing the way people live. Sure. And, and that's, that's where we're headed. And the data shows that lung, breast, and colorectal cancer are the leading now diagnosis of cancer. Well, I think probably, again, by numbers, I would have to say that skin cancer, squamous skin, it's got to be. Yeah. So I think they're talking about yeah. 
leading numbers of ser- serious, yeah. you know, yeah. outcomes and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but, but you know, basil and squamous. Squamous, I mean, squamous, squamous, yeah. I, I just had a podcast. That's a southern report. term, yeah. squamous. Well, it's, it's funny, Preet. I was going to talk about this before we got on the air. Yeah. I've got a podcast I listen to, and, okay. and I like the podcast. It's very educational. It's interesting. But these guys, um, whenever it's medical, I, I can't listen to it because, or even scientific, because they don't pronounce things correctly, okay. but th- which is okay. Yeah. Well, it's really not okay. <laughs> but but they say, yeah, we get a lot of emails about that. And, and the one of the guys says, yeah, well, it's kind of part of the charm of the show. So I thought I was going to write him and say, well, you know, yeah. as a surgeon, you know, I get a lot of bleeding and deaths, but it's part of the charm of my practice. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they're professional journalists I'm that have you. a podcast, yeah. Yeah. and they probably say squamous. Well, thanks for correcting <laughs> me on that squamous. But, but uh, you know, basal and squamous are not that big a deal. But when you get into oh, melanoma, melanoma. Yep. then that's a whole different animal. Well, yeah. I mean, we're getting pretty far down the line, but yep. the, the immunotherapy for melanoma now has completely changed the game for Medi. Not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a certain genomic yep. type that, that yep. responds. Yep. But yeah, it, you know, you've got people with malignant melanoma met- metastasis all yep. over the place and with good response, which is really mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. But but you're right. When you look at the skin cancers, melanoma is yeah, definitely a different yeah. animal than those yeah. others. And you know, Ken, let's go back to your collaborative you know, who do you plan to impact in this issue with educating primary care? You know, in our value-based programs, a lot of the metrics that we're required to do screening are exactly what we just talked about, lung, breast, colorectal cancer. And how do you plan to educate and impact these primary care offices? From an education standpoint, a part of the funding we put in there required or, or set aside funding for educators that are, are able to communicate and basically share good um, information about the various cancer risk. Um, And then we'll make those available through the website. Uh, The website will also then have a directory of screening sites, and that'll be so that you'll know, okay, I can send someone to this, or here's what I'm concerned about from your smoking. You've got this history of numbers of packs a day for this number. You are eligible for um, low-dose uh, CT, lung uh, scan. Mm-hmm. Here are the opportunities or places where you can get that. So the whole right. idea, again, is to make it easier on the primary care practice. They have so right. much going sure, on. Sure. So, Automated a little bit. Yes, exactly. Nothing, Something more than just a business card that they can hand to you that yeah. has that web address yeah. that says, here's the information and resources. Mm-hmm. And then the yep. survivorship groups, which exist already, yeah. which will be listed on there yeah. as well. Well, you know, the lung, the, I mean, the uh, <clears throat> lung, prostate, uh, and the skin cancer, and and those are pretty easy to to deal with. It's the colorectal cancer, Doctor Mark, that is causing such alarm with the National Cancer Institute. And it's estimated that you know not now the screening is over age forty five. Right, you right. go get your colonoscopy. Yep. They're now saying that thirty percent of new colorectal Cancers are identified in ages thirty to forty. Right. Well, now it's it's when we're looking, right? Yeah. And, and just yeah. to to bring that back, lung cancer is still like a really the the reason it's it's not on that level of concern is it doesn't have the level of manipulation that we can get with early detection yeah. colon cancer. So and it's it is, not necessarily it, a silent killer like colorectal cancer. Well, no, be I, either right? No, I think it is. is I think it, it is. You sure, think sure. So? Yeah. I mean, it still okay. it still is. It still it still has a very high. Ha- death rate. I mean, yeah. the, the cancers that, especially those that are tied to smoking. And so I think it's, the idea is, can you really get ahead of it? Now with smoking, I mean, that's how you get ahead of it, right? It's not the early yeah. detection, yeah. it's the avoidance of carcinogens. 
But there are other cancers of the lung that don't yeah. have anything to do with smoking. Well, you remember you know? um, previous show, we talked about the radon. Yep. And the mm-hmm. fact that the paramedics in our program mm-hmm. are now out there um, Checking doing radon. radon Checking screening. radon in the homes. Exactly. Because yep. yeah. that's the yeah. second leading yep. cause, according to the state cancer plan, wow. for lung cancer right. in the state of Florida. Wow. And you should really focus on the, the greatest, you know, two things. The greatest population of the disease, which is going to be colon cancer, is very high, as we've been talking about yep. today. Yep. And how much you can impact it. Right. So in, in many countries, the timing of therapy almost assures someone that they're not going to do well. And it's kind of based on the idea that yeah. you don't do that well anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and if you look at the big picture of expenditure on different, it's, it's much different. Yeah. In the United States, we really don't get away with that. We really er, everything yeah. is as important as the next thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's there there are extremes of both of those conditions that are yeah. a problem. Right. But but that's where colon cancer it's just felt very strongly today that there's a lot of things that we can do to completely yeah. change the outcome. Yeah. And early detection, obviously, especially if you get it early enough to where you can pretty much clear things, something it is, pre-malignant. It is curable. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, yeah. it's curable at any stage to some, right. but percentage-wise, if you get things early and you pick it up on, right. a, on a biopsy and can do an excision you know, inside the colon as, as opposed yeah. to an operation through the abdomen, through right. the abdominal wall, right. then not only... Do you cure it? Your downtime, your complications are reduced. So if all of those, and, and theoretically, every colon cancer could be cured if it was caught early enough. That's probably a sweeping yeah. statement, but it's also not far off. Yeah. And no one will ever prove that right or wrong, right? Yeah. So, Dr. Well, Mark, when we go to a break, break right? we're yeah. going to come back. Ken's going to stay with us the entire show. Great. And we're going to continue talking about his uh, East Central Florida Health Alliance and this Cancer Control Collaborative. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios, and we're once again here with our good friend Ken Peach, the Executive Director of the Health Council of East Central Florida, and about 16 other things that we could list, but but all in that same vein. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we should start taping what, when we're off air, we come up with stuff that we oh, have to stop Oh, I know. It was great. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It so was great. There's yeah. a lot of really great energy. Yeah. So I did want to bring up, so in, in 2023, the number one diagnosed cancer in men, colon cancer. Colorectal cancer. And number two? Colorectal cancer. Yep. So, yep. so definitely yep. a, a huge issue. And you know, Larry mentioned earlier we talk about the value based, and you're talking about you know bringing these screening tests. So we'll talk maybe a little bit about how simple, like for colorectal yep. cancer, yeah. Yeah. the screening test is. Yeah. You know, there's there's the occult blood yeah. and stool test. That's yep. That you know everybody kind of knows. The Cologuard, that yep. They advertise. Cologuard's got the little cute yeah. uh, ca- cartoon on TV mm-hmm. all the time, and yeah. that's that's again only for patients who don't have a family history. That's right. right? And then uh, there's there's a well the the at baseline at age forty five you should get a baseline colonoscopy right it, yeah. unless yeah. your colon you don't have a family history 
and your color guard is negative. So that can push you off a little, a little bit it later. Can, is that you're right. right. Yep. It can. Yep. That's true. So so let's talk, talk a little bit about the the additions to that and some other yeah. things that are in there. there there's uh, two physicians, at least that I know, that in their community are now looking at these new genomic tests as well. So there's a, apparently there's something in the blood that can be checked sure. that will indicate uh, the likelihood of that type yeah, of in, cancer. Actually, actually in the genome. Right, so there's a group out of Emory, or affiliated with Emory, called J-Screen. I would have pronounced that wrong, too, Dr. Mark. <laughs> I wouldn't even tell okay, you okay. how to pronounce it. <laughs> All right. Uh, but the, uh, so, so J-Screen, I was just on uh, a call two days ago with the executive director there. He's a, a physician. I think, believe he was out of Stanford. Really brilliant guy. And so they're looking at genomic abnormalities for different diseases. And, and some of those diseases are some of the colorectal cancer syndromes that occur. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually pick up a risk factor, not whether you have it or you don't have it, but a risk if if you have that gene. And then they can extrapolate that, well, do you have any brothers and sisters? Do you have any children? Here's the percentage that they might have it. And so they're doing a lot of free testing in different ethnic groups that have a a high rate of difference. Mm -hmm. And so that's out there. Um, You know, it's a non-for-profit. I'm really going to try to do some educational work with that. But, But I think, I don't think, I know that AI and more genomic evaluation will be a huge part Very of, of medicine yeah. and cancer yeah. care. Yeah. Uh, and so this is, as you said, yeah. there are a couple of docs in town that are doing some testing because you can send out to labs that yeah. are looking at the genomic makeup. So, Ken, let, I want to talk more about this uh, grant that you've got going on with the uh, East uh, Central Florida Health Council. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when our patients are diagnosed with cancer, they're referred to an oncologist. And in many regards, the primary care completely loses that patient and really has very little input into their care moving forward. How does your grant deal with that? It's an opportunity to educate the cancer specialist because we have over 100 members in the East Central Florida Cancer Control Collaborative, and those are exclusively cancer-related individuals, oncology yeah. nurses, physicians, right. hospitals, and so forth. Okay. <clears throat> so it's an opportunity for us to educate and make sure that the loop is closed they're going to begin through this opportunity to interact more with primary care practices. So it gives them a chance maybe to learn that. And and I'll share what I'm learning today from you, Larry, on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other thing is that's the reason I talked about the inverted pyramid for the survivor support at the end is to Mm -hmm. get you back to your primary care practice. I mean, my wife is a three-time cancer survivor. And when she's through, uh, you know, has been through one of these situations, then she's come back to her primary care. Sure. And that's the the model. Right. Because right. the the oncologist can't keep a full waiting room of people. You know, it's it's that's the model. That's where yeah. true of really all specialties. You know, mm-hmm. and yes. and I guess the there is a disconnect, however, in getting them back because yes. since we are all bent into being in episodic care, we're like, oh, I've got this. Well, I'll go see my that's endocrinologist. Right. He's going to help right. me take care of this diabetes. That's right. And then either I'm not going back to primary care. Because this person's taking care of me, which isn't very efficient, or I'm not going back to primary care because I'm all better now, right? Yeah. And so yeah. then you wait for the next wheel to fall off exactly. and it starts over again. That's so, a good analogy. So it really, yeah. really does go back to what we always yeah. say it about does. that annual well yeah. visit, and you've got to keep doing it. And knowing your numbers. Yep. Yep. Otherwise, you've lost that navigator. Yeah. Your primary yeah. care yeah. is your navigator, right? Right? Yeah. right? Dr. Mark, there's something else I want Ken to talk about that you may not even be aware of. You know... Inequity in health in healthcare across the globe, particularly with breast cancer, mm-hmm. uh, is really a real problem worldwide. Sure, sure. But Ken is also involved in a couple of things 
worldwide. In it's called the Order of Malta. Malta. I want right. Ken to tell you about ministry that. Of the, right. uh, Roman this is Catholic an incredible Church. ministry. Yep. It actually formed back 900 years ago. Um, and the Knights of Malta were called to take care of the poor and the sick. And that's continued to today. So what we do, my wife and I, she's a dame in the order and I'm a knight. And every year we participate in a um, pilgrimage to Lord France. Um, and um, what we do is we take 50 of Malads or those that are considered uh, seriously ill and they're, they're caregivers, and we fly them direct from, this year it'll be Newark, New Jersey, over. Um, and we give them to, the opportunity to, to Lord France. Oh, to Lord which France. Which is near the okay. Pyrenees, yes. Okay. And um, it's it's where uh, uh, Bernadette, a poor peasant girl, saw the Virgin Mary in the uh, in the grotto there um, mm-hmm. and back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's become one of those destinations for Catholics around the world. I got you. It's a, pil- just, it's a pilgrimage, a medical yeah. pil- pilgrimage. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I, for example, I sometimes meet the trains there, and there'll be three to four trains a day with seven, eight cars mm-hmm. of nothing but stretchers and wheelchairs. Wow. It's amazing to see. And, um, you know, there are miracles that have come out of there, very few, and there's a huge process to get through to, to have that declared. But there are some things that cannot be explained um, sure. uh, as a course of that. Yeah. But it is an opportunity for us to serve the poor and the sick around the world, and that's uh, it's a very rewarding opportunity. And, again, that addresses a little bit that inequity in health care across the world. Yes. You know? yes. And I found it interesting, Dr. Mark, that breast cancer was the biggest cancer diagnosis that was considered in, inequitable among worldwide uh, population. Is that right? Is that right? Just right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. I, I guess yeah. it's. I mean, it's one of the most common yeah, of those. It is. Uh, but the uh, but mean, there's probably, no screening among these. There's people. no screening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Till they, yeah. you know, like you said, till the wheel falls off. Yep. 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 Interesting. Well, I think the back uh, from a moment on the uh, genomic too. Um, <clears throat> From what I understand, the cost factor is considerable. Anything, right. obviously, from a full oh, yeah. uh, colonoscopy down to the the kits, which I was told are about six hundred dollars for the Colaguard, mm-hmm. then four hundred for the blood in the stool, yep. and they're yep. supposed to be yep. coming down now to two hundred. Yeah, the so Colaguard is pretty expensive. So yeah. how much is covered by by Medicare? A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a the copay, but that's yeah. it. I yeah. say for yeah. our yeah. listeners, because yeah. they think, well, yeah. I'm rolling that out. Yeah. Because most of the things yeah. now, many of the genomic studies are not, depending on how yeah. experimental yeah. they are, how early yeah. along they are. All yeah. these cancer screenings, Doctor Mark, are considered part of the quality metrics for any Medicare Advantage plan. Right, right, okay. and even straight uh, Medicare yeah, ACOs. Cool those, yeah. yeah, so it's it's all covered. The other nice yeah. piece is we're going to be also working with what are called the federally qualified health clinics in the seven counties. Mm-hmm. They have to file an annual report called a UDS or, or um, utilization. Uh, Oh, of course, now I'll forget what it stands for. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a report for them in terms of what they've done. Just mm-hmm. like uh, you have HEDIS indicators in the Medicare and Medicaid population, you have this UDS, uh, uniform data, uh, reporting that they have mm-hmm. to do. Um, so it also has these cancer screens on it. So right. this was a benefit to the primary care practices that we're going to do some of the heavy lifting for yeah. them and provide them with that support. So yeah. you mentioned these cancer providers in this new network and grant are they going to be targeting primary care, or how does that work? Well, it's our goal as as an effort to do this as the, the local health collaborative. Their regional collaboratives cover all 67 counties. There's six of them in Florida. Um, so it's our goal to go ahead and bring them along and say, okay, there is this opportunity to do a better and closer connection to the primary care. Okay. That's where this came from. Right, that connection. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Well, I think, you know, that kind of spreads far and wide when we're looking at all these different issues. It's it's education of the provider and education of the patient 
and you know one can teach the other right mm -hmm. and we see we see that go in both directions but you've got to have that interaction i mean i think you know we talk about a lot of things that i'm sure people walk away as confused as they were when they got here or more confused mm -hmm. sometimes but it is it's a difficult space yeah. and when you start to navigate what you're looking for what you're concerned about and what's it going to cost me you know what what's yeah. what, what's my upside risk my downside risk i mean it gets it's tough it's tough so yeah. what i'm seeing a great deal on and our show we kind of bring this out so many groups are now looking to really augment what the primary care doctors are able to do right. and, and these groups are doing the work in the background and that's really the answer because the answer of having that, you know having family practice and an internal medicine get paid less and less every year and expected to see more and more patients yeah. it diminishes how much of that face yeah. time they have so if these groups and these grants can cover yeah. a lot of that in the background yeah. and you know we we, we talked <clears> like the the senior at home care stuff that we yep, talked about yep. last week. I mean, that's that's a perfect example of yep. they kind of come in and set up these chronic care management evaluations and and you know they, they it's profitable, yep. but mm -hmm. it, it all mm -hmm. comes from the same bucket of money, and it doesn't cost the patient and it really improves yeah. care. You know, Doctor Mark, there's a if you recall Ray Parzik who used to be sure. a senior executive with Blue Cross. Right. He now heads up the Oncology Institute, mm -hmm. and they're doing a lot of the same kind of things that you're talking about in this grant. Are you familiar with that at all? No. No, okay, we'll have to introduce you yes, guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, what you're doing is uh, being done throughout the country with great hopes. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you've got a, a section that, that you're quite responsible for here, and it takes p people like you in the community to identify the need and the fix. And so we thank you for all the work that you do, and it's it really is a great example. And there are other Absolutely. people out there. You know, we, we you know this drops this drops <clears throat> nationwide, and and people I hope learn that that maybe they maybe they're they've got a Ken Peach around that can uh, do a little bit of work because we've tried to duplicate you. That's a whole other <laughs> genomic thing. Right. It's just not working. You know, we have to start from a baby. We just can't wait for it all. So, well, I, I think too, you know, back to the cost, as you say, there these things are uncovered anyway with insurance and so forth. But the other bigger picture, and I know you've talked about it on previous shows, is the whole percentage of the GDP going to healthcare. Sure. So yeah. if we can begin to bring down the cost of these things within the system, there's a benefit because that's going to increase the capacity of the access for the well, general population. That, that's absolutely true. But more impactful will be the lack of <coughs> expenditure for the end of life care. For the dramatic, I mean, chemotherapy is really the most expensive of all the medication yes. costs. Yes. And so if we can avoid completely or diminish the amount of treatment, you're going to pay for these tests day in and day out. That's I right. mean, over and over and over again. And that, that's really important to keep your eye on because the first thing we get pushed back on and, you know, the first thing that we're going to get pushed back on by Medicare, by CMS, when these genomic tests come out is like, oh, my gosh, you're going to have to show me how much money we're going to save. And that's true of everything that we do, right? So I would I would really say, given the high, high cost of cancer care, this mm -hmm. this stuff is more more than going to be well worth it, more than more at all. Well, we're about to go to another break. We are. And, By uh, the way, on those genomic tests, I've yep. actually seen the the base cost on one of those tests is about $5,000. Well, it all depends. They're all different. And okay. like I say, okay. for J-Screen, yep. if you qualify, it's zero. Oh, okay. Because it's, a, it's okay. a nonprofit. So it doesn't come out of insurance or government payments comes out yeah. of, of grants and yeah. out of, of out of donations. Ken, we really enjoy having you on our show. Thank Always. You. Thanks, Always Appreciate great. Appreciate that, Mark. Thank you. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7. And now, Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. And Larry and I have a uh, many, many time visitor here, Ken Peach, uh, visit number five, we're, we're thinking. Okay. Uh, welcome back, Ken. Uh, you want to do a little official yeah. re up uh, introduction? Yeah, Ken is the executive director of the Health Council of East Central Florida. And he's also the program coordinator of a new program called the East Central Florida Cancer Control Collaborative. Well, welcome back once again. Always, it's always the day just flies by when you're here, Ken. <laughs> Ken's into everything. Yeah. And I, I know we had some other things we were going to kind of move on from one topic to another. And so I'm just going to let you let you lead us. Well, I'll share with you. There's a series of meetings going on that are being put under under the auspices of the Central Florida Foundation, mm-hmm. um, and they have a program called Thrive related to healthcare. And these are efforts. They have Thrive related to transportation, yep. housing, and other issues. Yep. But this particular one, a recent meeting, there were three things that came out of it that I thought were interesting. The first was that we were talking about how do we improve healthcare, and I asked the question, well, wait a minute, what is the definitive measure of a healthier exactly. population? Okay? Right. Yep. Sure, sure. So I looked it up, good old internet, and I knew I had seen this before, and here's the way it's de- described. Health status is a measure of how people perceive their health, rating it as excellent, very good, good, fair, or poor. Um, and that's considered a good global assessment of a person's well-being. Hmm. Um, and I know there was a health plan in particular that uh, I first saw this, I think, uh, a number of years back that used pretty much the same sure. thing. They looked at a 30-day, in the yep. most recent 30 days, how would you rate your health? And that's what they consider so a So, Dr. A Mark, is measure. that a, a measure of how you feel when you get out of bed in the morning? Well, it, it, <laughs> actually what's important is it's a, it's a temperature of the ocean, okay? So yep. it's this conglomerate. Because right. 23andMe does the same kind of thing. They'll they'll throw yes. out different th- different evaluations for very high-tech stuff, and then every once in a while they'll throw out things, both that and mental health, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, that's how it's, that's exactly how it's worded. Yeah. You know, how would you say your da-da-da, and then how do you feel as compared to? Because you don't really remember what you said last time, yeah. but if you feel like you have improved over the last six mm-hmm. months or six years, then that's that's a it's a message. Yeah. So it's really a some would say like more effective than trying to say what the average age is or how what what the work longevity is because this is just a g- very general yeah. soft way to look at a trend. It's different for every person. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. and since you if you ask enough people, you'll get yeah. year after year yeah. you're going to get a trend yeah. and you're going to see we are better off or worse off than yeah. we were. A decade ago. Believe it or not, in our network, Dr. Mark, we've got five physicians that are over the age of 80 that are still practicing full-time and going strong. So it'd be interesting to follow like a, a professional yeah. like yeah. that yeah. and say, how do you feel about your health? Yeah. And, you know, the, but it is, it's a, it's a very interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the second thing that came out of it was the fact that it needs to be a guide. You know, so many sure. of us, there's a family member that's with us when we're in the hospital there's community health workers, there's healthcare navigators, case managers, all these individuals because uh, to a point that was made in a previous program about too many silos, mm-hmm. everything yes. is a silo. Yes. And somehow we have to find a way to improve the numbers of guides out there who understand and can help guide us through the various 
components and pieces of So what would some of those components be? Let's talk about that. Obviously, education and financial resource are the big ones, but mm-hmm. what else is there? Well, I, I think when you move from place to place, I mean, um, that's a, a moment of confusion right there. Yep. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm moving from, I, I ended up in the emergency department, yep. then I came to the hospital, then I'm going into rehab. I mean, all of the different right. places. And um, I mean, part of this came up because recently I heard about someone who uh, was assured that the transfer taking place from the hospital into the rehab of her mom was all smoothly taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, she arrived, and by 11 o'clock at night, she said, you know, there was a medication that your the record didn't say yeah. she was supposed to get at 9 o'clock, and there was somebody there for her to right. fix that. But so often we find that's where the problems yeah. occur is just the, yeah. the, well, the, uh, the handoff. The, the handoff, right. And, and, yeah. a, and I think handoff's a good word. Dr. Mark, I get calls all the time from two different categories, people that are moving into Florida that know us and mm-hmm. say, can you recommend a primary care doctor? Right. And then I get other people that have lived here for years saying, can you recommend a primary care doctor? I said, yeah. well, who was your last one? I didn't have one. Yeah, I know it is. It's it's not, it's incredible. not uncommon. Yeah. Actually, we've never really thrown that stat out there. We should kind of look that up. How many people in different age groups have a primary care physician? Yeah. And and I would guarantee you, once you get to the teen years, mm-hmm. it's never as high as it was in, in that population, yeah. right? Because you've got somebody else mm-hmm. pushing you in that direction. Although follow-up in pediatrics mm-hmm. is not not 100% by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. And pediatrics is a little different because in the adult world, if you're in an HMO, you have an assigned PCP. If you're in the that PPO... Doesn't mean, you, doesn't mean you go see them. No, I understand. <laughs> but if you're in the PPO world of a benefit plan, yep. you don't even have to have a primary no, care doctor. No, of course. Yep, yep. That's part of the problem. Well, I, I think the numbers in um, Osceola County, we talked about healthy Osceola at one mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, and I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was 78% in Osceola County of adults have seen a physician in the last year, which is actually wow, pretty that's good. that's pretty high. But yeah. then it also depends on, or the, that's not necessarily a medical could home. It, that could, could have been be, an ER. Yes, yep. yes. Could in have fact, been anything. Health care. And yeah. in celebration, if you saw this recently, they're doing a program, which I had never heard of before, called Walk with a Doc. You yeah, may be I did see that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, literally, in this case, it's a nurse practitioner who starts out with a little education in one of their pocket parks in celebration and then walks with the population that comes with her, a group of people, and they trade off, move up, talk to her about their personal issue or health question, mm-hmm. and then she answers for that. So I thought that was a, a, yeah. an interesting way to encourage improved health literacy. I, I predict that will also uh, be uh, in Winter, Winter Garden because the, the hospital hospital there just built a huge walking path for patients and for Didn't their, they really? their They just okay. opened up. and they, they yeah, yeah, so... So uh, I think it was on, on West 2, they, they kind of sh- promoted that. So that's one of the uses was not only for the workforce there, but for families and for patients that are able to, to get outside and take a walk and talk and interact. Because, you know, you know being in a hospital room is, you know, very, it's, it's an area of solitude. You know, it's in, on, one, on one place you have no privacy. On the other, other side, you kind of have too much privacy, right? So it's, it's not very healthy. Actually, West Orange, um, you know, the Foundation for Healthier West Orange, mm-hmm. we actually talked about this at a meeting about two weeks ago yep. with them uh, because we thought the exact same thing. They were helpful in the city of Ocoee as well, mm-hmm. right there by the police department. There's now a walk there. So um, that's they've been encouraging ways to link the West Orange Trail to other walk areas around Winter Garden, Ocoee, and so forth. Yeah. So, so in your 
collaborative. How do you plan on improving cancer literacy? Can you talk about that a little bit? I think for us, it's looking at what are the major cancers that we're doing. So we've talked about kind of skin. We've talked, we talked about, about colorectal. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mention the inflatable colon. Oh, yeah, the talk oh, about that. Oh, right, right. Uh, the RPR agency. It's not a diagnosis. No, no, no. no. And Our, it's not a theme park ride either. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't know that. Our peer agency. It probably should be. Yeah. To the Health Council of East Central Florida is uh, called Well Florida in Gainesville. And for their cancer collaborative, they went ahead and invested. There's at least two or three of these now in the state in what's called an inflatable colon. Literally, they will take it to community events and they will inflate this thing. And you walk through the colon and you see the polyps and other things that are inside the colon. Yep. Um, and it's part of the overall growth of an awareness of particular uh, cancers. Um, so that yep. certainly would be the case. Another one on tobacco, this is interesting, the SWAT program, students uh, working against tobacco, um, they identified and built a room somewhere that looked like a bedroom. They actually did it with just a curtained-off area. Um, and they had parents go into this room and look for hidden tobacco. So these were vaping tools and other things that the tobacco industry has been getting to kids. Interesting. And one of them was, uh, we're sitting here behind a mic with a cord, these look like cords that you would run through a sweatshirt or something to tighten up. It's actually woven tobacco, I understand. It, it's, I had wow. never heard of these things. Called, and the that's, question, called, that's called hemp. This is, <laughs> yeah. And the question was, how many of these things could the parent find uh, hidden in this uh, so-called child's yeah. bedroom? You know, Dr. Yeah. Mark, this just hit me. Uh-oh. We need to, this is the world of theme parks right here in Orlando. Yep. We need to open up a healthcare theme park and take all the different organs and make them into inflatables well, and make a theme park out of it. Well, remember, uh, was it Body Wars? Is that what yes. at Epcot? Yes. Yes. So that was mm-hmm. that that three D augmented yep. ride that, yep. uh, that I took remember you that. Through, yep. yep, took you through the book. Well, we thing. need to start healthcare theme park and okay. do what Ken's talking about. Ken can be our director of investors. Ken can run that. <laughs> so when when Ken's got the the investors and the grants yeah. for it, yeah. I mean, I'll, think about it. You get the I'll heart, the, the liver, the lungs, the mm-hmm. the colon yeah. and all these and build up build an inflatable and have people walk through and think of the education. Yeah. Every science class in this county. I, I think we I think we've lost Larry now. I'm I've telling you, he's I'm not, on not, this. He is I'm not, on this. Yeah, he is not. He's going to be lost to the podcast for the rest well, of the day. They're doing this. There yeah. are inflatable lungs, too. I know that. Yeah, lungs, all oh, of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, there are quite a few of these already. What we're trying to do now is get them moved around from one regional yeah. cancer collaborative to another right. so that we sure. have a chance to show them. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. interesting. We need some investors, Dr. Mark. Yeah, well, um, yeah well, Ken's on it. <laughs> say so, so you you're the thought guy, cat investor, yeah. and I'll do the announcing. You, well, I you can be the I chief medical the, officer uh, too. Well, well, there you go. Well, there you go. Okay, <laughs> that's, right. uh, that's even better. Even better. <laughs> All right. Well, where are we going with this next here, guys? We've been uh, chatting about a, a few things, but can yeah. can talk to us a little bit about you talked about Medicare Advantage uh, at the break. I know that we have a lot of discussions on that, and Larry and I are yeah. going to have a show after show because a lot we of are. changes up and coming. Yep. But, but yep. you had some statistics I thought were really interesting. I, I was amazed. This was a, a recent uh, article that had just come out from um, Controlling Healthcare Cost, a mm-hmm. primer on Medicare Advantage. Um, and it's amazing to look back in 1990, it was 1. 1.8 uh, million enrollment. Uh, the projected enrollment by 2030, which is when CMS has been sharing they want everybody in a value-based model uh, program similar to Medicare Advantage, would be $43 million is what is projected to be. Right now we're in 2024, so this was projected at the time. And we're at about $32 million today. That's what they That's projected. Right. That's so right. it's on yeah. track yeah. to grow to that. 
Now, yeah. there are some significant reductions being or changes coming to the Medicare Advantage from the standpoint of those medical practices that are participating. Uh, we learned that at the uh, FLACOS conference um, that uh, Larry is uh, a major driver mm-hmm. for that uh, of the V28 um, which is going to have yep. significant yep. financial but HCC coding, right. hierarchical but, condition But I'm going to save Larry right now and say it's Flacco's because he, 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 he gets beat up all the time, and hey. you, you, you picked up on hey. it, right? Hey, I'm, I'm I even help. steered Nicole I know. Bradbury, the that, CEO who, of Flacco's, to the, the right thing. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. right. Exactly right. But, no, that is that is interesting. And then <clears> just to <throat> fill that other gap of, of the, you know, we've got nearly 60 million people that are in the age group for Medicare. So those yeah. others are in ACOs. So they're going to have to be in something in 2030, yep. either a managed, yep. some type of managed care group. And so the question that we don't know the answer to, and time will tell, is whether or not ACOs are going to grow significantly or the Medicare Advantage. And I'm a little, I don't want to say concerned, I think there's a little hint to it when we see the movement in the Medicare Advantage world, when we see some of the payers stepping out and others focusing in. So that's really going to come, it's going to come down to one or two players uh, major players. There's always going to be the smaller groups and then the ACOs. And when we come back, Dr. Mark, from our break, we're going to talk a little bit about what are the real costs of Medicare Advantage versus straight Medicare, and what are some of the consolidations we're seeing in the marketplace? We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. It's Healthcare Now with Dr. Mark and Larry Jones. Join us at 7 o'clock Thursday evenings for a great discussion on all things healthcare. Healthcare Now, Thursday nights at 7, and now Healthcare Now Extra, Saturdays at 11 a.m., only here on The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones and our good friend Ken Peach here in the Healthcare Now studios. Uh, we're, we shifted uh, at the end of last segment to talk a little bit about Medicare Advantage, and mm-hmm. let's let's keep rolling with that because Larry, you said you had some numbers you wanted yeah. to tell us about. Well, you know, Ken was indicating is Medicare Advantage really cost effective? Obviously, the outcomes yes. in Medicare Advantage members are better. But let me give you a couple stats. It was noted that Medicare program. Since Medicare Advantage has been in place since 1984, right, has cost 313 $613 billion dollars more than FIFA service. Just in 2024, it's projected that the MA program is going to cost 88 billion dollars more than the straight Medicare FIFA. All right, service. so clarify something. So are you saying that? That the federal government is paying that to the companies That's or correct. that the companies are seeing that kind of flow out? Medicare Advantage, because of ri- Medicare risk coding, mm-hmm. and that's the big issue, right. are being paid $88 billion more this this year right. than what straight Medicare would cost CMS. Okay. Well, and so it's really the coding. So it's that... It's coding. It's coding. Right. So it's not that... Because it... Obviously, the the whole thing falls apart if it doesn't work in the market, and the, and the people that have invested right. in this doesn't it mm-hmm. doesn't work, and so it is working. Yep. But what you're saying is all of these things, and we've talked about all the things <clears throat> we talked in the last several segments that are covered by insurance. Yep. There's still a cost, so we see the ever increasing cost mm-hmm. because of that. But I don't know that that's Medicare Advantage 
related as much yeah. as it, much as the it's chicken and egg, right? Because it's the way if, Medicare if it, Advantage plans well, run their plans. No, it's yeah. it's why Medicare Advantage runs their plans. That's right. Okay, so That's it's right. really the fact that these are covered services. So I wouldn't. I don't think we can blame yeah. the, the organizer. But be, yep. because somebody had to come up now, you could say, well, yeah, but if it wasn't there, then none of this stuff would be happening. Then you would have to argue yep. that you can't really say what the cost of health care would be because we, right. we have not diminished. That's it's, right. So, so but, I, then, yeah. but then Ken was talking about V28, which is the new model for HCC coding and Medicare risk adjustment. Is that a, is that a Corvette? This V20? is exactly. No, it's it's called version 28. Oh, version 28. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. And that's exactly what we're talking about here, Ken. Yes. V twenty eight is trying to rein in yes. this eighty eight billion dollars expected increase in cost over Medicare for twenty twenty. Tell me about mm-hmm. that, Ken. Talk I about that. Well, I, I, yeah. I'm not the expert. I think Larry probably is, yeah. but um, I, know, I know. But Larry and I talk all the time. So <laughs> he wants to but, hear from you. Yeah, yeah. But I'm in 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 looking at um, you know, the Medicare's focus of where do they put their focus? So they they have decided that by twenty thirty everybody should be in value yes, based yep, care flat right. out. So yep. and as you mentioned, Doctor Mark earlier, the the two options: Medicare Advantage and then ACOs or mm. variations on ACOs sure. that they've been doing. Managed care. So I think you know their effort. I almost look at ACOs as their opportunity to say, okay, this is a less costly method of trying to get everybody to where we want them in twenty thirty. Yep. But there's been consistent growth even during the. Um, uh, Obama administration, and I remember the they were trying to get them out of Medicare Advantage. I mean, this was some insurance plot. You know, you heard all kinds of things, and they wanted to reduce it, and yet the volume, yep. the numbers, as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, yep. just yep. continued to grow because it's, it's become it's good an attractive. Business. It's good yeah, business. It's yeah, an attractive right. option. Yeah, right, you right. figure you don't need uh, a separate, you know, Medicare Part D. Sure. You don't end up um, mm-hmm. having supplemental insurance. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it from the consumer, and I think that's what's drawing people yeah. well, into but it. But I think it's the, the most most important piece here is when we're making this decision, we, what we should be looking at is an overall benefit to the to the healthcare community, right? So to to healthcare in general, because it's not. I still would argue that the ACOs, if they're doing their job well, they're going to spend just as much money. And the Medicare Advantage groups would argue that they might be a little bit more business savvy on how to yeah. save money. Right. So I don't know that there's a, mm-hmm. a great difference there. So ACOs, you know, a smaller group can and you can do this in Medicare yep. Advantage, too. You can get mm-hmm. a smaller group together and, yep. and work on things. Yep. And but it, I think that those two animals are really going to be pretty similar uh, because they're they're managed yep. care animals. I mean, they're, you know, and they have the same the, the same opportunities. Yep. And if they miss an opportunity, if they say, well, we're not going to we're not going to work on these chronic care management codes so well. Well, that means outcomes are going to be yep. worse. Yep. And if outcomes are worse, we know the overall cost to our governmental agencies goes up. Well, you hit on something that is very vital to this. It's the unintended consequences of Medicare Advantage when we're talking about narrow networks. For right. instance, most MA plans do not include Mayo Clinic in Florida, Got nor it. do yep. they include Sloan Kettering in New York. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about cancer preventative and all. And that's that's the out of network unintended consequence of a Medicare Advantage plan. Right. Well, it's also you know it's it, it, it's also it's their built in control of their <clears throat> system to make sure that they have cost savings. That's right. right? That's right. So I mean we 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 see that in in all all levels of of insurance, and yes. it's it's not something that we like as providers. That's right. But but again, the systems have to prove themselves, and if they're if they're one's just doing a worse job. 
at actually covering the bases that yep. that may be cheaper yep. but not better. Yeah. And then the other thing, Ken, as you well know, the financial piece of being in straight Medicare, having to buy a supplement and a Part D versus being in Medicare Advantage. Talk a little bit about that. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah there's no question that it becomes much more attractive. I yeah. remember at a time, and, and there was a time when I was running for two and a half years, a health insurance agency. I had 98 agents out selling Medicare Advantage. Right. And what we had at that time, um, we found that the individuals that were coming to us were those of lesser means yes. because this was a, a, a nice, you know, it drops the out of pocket. Those it drops the out of exactly. Pocket. And, and, and that's an outcome that's important, too, is is when we talk about health care dollars, it, it's almost play money at these giant numbers. But the, what is the out-of-pocket yep. cost yep. for individuals? Yep. Now, here's this study. About 60% of U.S. counties and beneficiaries have a choice of 20 or more Medicare Advantage plans. Mm-hmm. The average number is now 39. So, and, and it's amazing. The counties in the U.S. with zero plans, 3%. That's right. So it has, this has been it's a popula- sea change. It's population-based. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. And so yeah. as individuals are looking, and those individuals who at one time would tell me, oh, we, we don't want that. We <clears> want the <throat> choice that fee-for-service Medicare provides us now aren't saying that anymore. They're moving towards something that everybody else seems to be getting on the bandwagon. Yeah. Probably ironically, yep. if you plotted out that same type yep. of graph looking at the beginning of the first McDonald's, it probably did the same thing, right? Yep. Because it's all population-based. Yep. You have to – it, when it's a business-driven, you know, there's a there's a board that yep. talks about how we're going to do things, you got to grow it in a smart fashion. Yep. But it is. This is a, this is a game-changer. As yep. we push on, because they're, we're looking at the stats so carefully. Yep. But I do, do you, Larry, do you feel like mm-hmm. it's too easy for some groups to get into the ACO plan? Um, no, I don't think it's yep. too easy. I think what they're looking for is an opportunity. You know, they get surplus on the Medicare yeah. Advantage yeah. side. Right. They're looking for shared savings on the Medicare side. Gotcha. gotcha. That's it. But, you know, there's another so side the of this. Flow, where the money goes. Where yeah, the that, yeah. You know, you're not going to beat the system by just billing deep CPT codes because you're never going to get an increase in, in uh, percent Coverage. of Medicare allowable anymore. Right. It's all earned on the pay for performance. For performance side. Absolutely. But absolutely. let me throw one more thing out there. Scripps Health Medical Group, mm-hmm. large medical group, 32,000 Medicare Advantage enrollees seeing their doctors were told beginning in 2024, which is just this month, that they are no longer going to see any Medicare Advantage plans because they're losing too much money. So that's, out in, uh, San now, Di- that's out in San Diego? Yeah, it's in yep. San Diego. Mm-hmm. Now you've disengaged... 32,000 Medicare Advantage people into, well, now, what do I do now? Yep. yep. Speak to that, Ken. I, I, There's no answer. Yeah, I mean, former somebody yep. who was in administration of a hospital, I would that would be awful to be able to, Can you imagine? to say that and yep. then to lose that volume of yep. patients. Yep. I mean, it, it's. I was very surprised. Yep. But then I had read another article that suggested that they're not just moving away. It, it's a negotiating, mm-hmm. you know, oh, they, they, uh, the Scripps they may, thing. They, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the other to thing about the Scripps is a lot of these MA Medicare beneficiaries didn't even know they were in an MA plan to start with. Right. So right. the confusion continues. Yes. yes. No, yeah. that, that is true. Yeah. So yeah. depending on how they got enrolled. Or, or, and yep. it can be a terminology thing too. So, but, but yep. they don't know yep. when it comes out that something's being dropped. They don't know yep. that the finger's pointing at them. Yeah. The, right. the, the nice part in all of this is that we are moving to value-based care. That's right. We're moving to a model that looks at outcomes and you know, and looks. It's a preventive Continuity model. Of care, those right. kind of things. Exactly. Yeah. I think right. You know, fifty-two percent of Medicare beneficiaries today are in a Medicare Advantage plan. It also now is, it's fifty-two to forty-eight. 
Nice, nice. Yep. So, so that's so that's what we're going to see. We're going to mm-hmm. see that game play out. Yep. And and it's interesting because it's it's really they're all doing the same yep. things. But yep. on, on the one hand, the shared savings gets back into the yep. provider system. Yep. Where the other hand, it goes back into your pockets if you're yep. invested in the company that owns it. Yep. Right. But I still think the financial piece is what's driving a big part of this. Of course. No, First of all, 100%, you know, it's all the financial piece. The the supplement plans are now running on average. Two hundred fifty dollars a month per person. Right. The Part D plans are over a hundred. Yep. So if you multiply that times two, that's seven hundred dollars a month. No doubt. Over and above what you're paying into your Part D out of your Social Security. Yep. No. It's it's always, yeah. even though we talk about the it's always about the dollar. It is. But yep. fortunately, and we we say this time and time again, in this rare occasion, saving money, in in this arena improves outcomes. That's right. And improving outcomes right. saves money. That's right. So so that is a plus, right? It but is. but it's but to say that it's really not been about the dollars in decades and decades. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've not been about anything but the dollars for yeah. decades and That's decades. Right. And it was just more recently yeah. when it was recognized that, you know, spending more doesn't mean we're getting more. That's right. And you know, Dr. Which Mark, is very important. That goes right back to why we spend so much time on this show educating our listeners right. about all the choices in Medicare. If if we could, we as, as a community, we as a nation, could better educate individuals, all this goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, because early, early detection, knowing when, you know, I'm not talking about making every person on the street a physician. I'm talking about them making them in charge of their own health care and giving them access. Now, mm-hmm. I say that understanding that a lot of the issue is an access issue. <clears throat> and if, if tomorrow... Everyone in the country made an appointment with their primary care doc. Yep. They wouldn't be seen, you know, that we can't handle it. That's we right. can't handle the system. Right. So That's there are right. other flaws here. But at the end of the day, if education could drive health care, then huge savings. I mean, no, no doubt about it. And, and, you know, I want Ken to kind of wrap this up. But back to our very beginning. By the way, this is our first show of our fourth year, Dr. Mark. Wow. Okay. I forgot to tell you that early yeah, on. That's nice. So that's it's fun. really cool. But again, Get your annual wellness visit, know your numbers. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, BMI. Ken, you want to sign us out somehow? Uh, Any last thoughts? Just a quick thought, and that is many of the practices that increase and improve and offer that access today are still here because they were engaged in value-based care. They didn't rely on fee for service during COVID. They did. It saved them. And that saved them. But uh, always a pleasure, Dr. Mark and Larry. Thank you so much for the opportunity. No, thanks. Thanks for coming here. And, you know, we've got we've got to make it a got to make it a baker's dozen soon. So just just keep on coming. Ken, we love having you on the show. And uh, we'll see you next week. Dr. Mark. See you next week, guys. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.